0: Welcome to the Classy Lab Podcast. This is your host, Tisha. Class is now in session. We are a judgment-free zone, so no perfect people are allowed. And we are celebrating Women's History Month along with Social Work Month. In this episode, which was recorded on International Women's Day, our very special guest was someone who is near and dear to me, Dr. Faith Foreman-Hayes. And we discuss all things business, beauty, health, wealth, wellness, education, empowerment, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Meet me in the lab.
1: Good evening. Uh, I'm Dr. Faith Foreman-Hayes, and I'm excited and delighted to be here tonight.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for taking time out to speak to my listeners and just chime in with us and give me a little time to dissect you.
1: (laughs) My pleasure.
0: Yes, okay. If we could just kind of just get started and if you can kind of tell us just a little bit of detailed information about your background.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I am a... I would say native Houstonian, although I was born in a small town, Livingston, Texas, um, because my parents are from there and they happened to be uh, visiting my grandmother and uh, my mom went into labor. So I was actually born at Polk County Hospital. And then I guess when I was um, uh, well enough to be released from the hospital, came back to Houston with my dad and my mom. So I was raised uh, primarily in Houston and I went on um, to um, uh, high school here. I went to the DeBakey High School for Health Professions because I knew that I wanted to go into the health um, healthcare area. And then I went on to college from there. I went to Texas Southern University and got a bachelor's degree in sociology. I also made a little side uh, track and went in to get a, a, a license to practice nursing in the state of Texas. So I did that also. And then I after... Um, i uh, working in the uh, nursing field for a number of years. I went and received a master's in public health, and then I also received a doctorate in public health. So that's pretty much kind of my um, personal educational background and kind of a little bit about my family and, and um, uh, the background as far as, you know, what's gotten me into my career at least today.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it is always great to connect with other people in the healthcare field, with most important people that have climbed the ladder and they are inspiring others around the world, I should say with yourself. <laughs> And I am glad to have you on to just kind of break down a few things for us today. Um, We'll kind of just talk about what keeps you with this pandemic going on. Uh, We just recently came out of the snowstorm here in Texas. What keeps you motivated mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually?
1: Well, number one, I think for me, and that's a wonderful question, is my relationship with God. Uh, if it wasn't for God uh, being kind of the foundation for me in all things, I think, you know, I would probably be a little bit more, I think, panicked, um, you know, around some of the things that have been happening. But because I know ultimately I am safe and secure in um, my faith and in, in God that whatever happens, I'm still OK. So um, that helps me get uh, through day to day as a um, An administrator and a leader within the local health department here in Houston. Of course, my job never stopped. We as a health department have been responding in the pandemic. And so it just Has helped me to know I have a strong foundation, but also to know that I'm working with scientists and others in the public health field and in the healthcare industry that know what they're doing. Uh, We're using data. We are practicing um, caution and doing what we know to do as healthcare providers and public health providers. So that gives me um, strength to keep going because I know that I'm working with people who have been trained, I myself have been trained. And so I just try to fall back on my training, my knowledge and expertise, and then that of the expertise of of coworkers and people who I work with as uh, other professionals.
0: Well, thank you for that. That is just very um, inspiring. Um, definitely, again, like I said, since we're in the middle of this pandemic, you know, learning how to just maneuver differently, but at the same time, being able to still um, keep sanity, I would say, you know, a lot of people have tried to find different ways and avenues um, to stay healthy. Um, and then to just kind of keep things normal in their life. So I appreciate you sharing that with us.
1: Absolutely. And that's so true. Um, you know, just trying to have some sense of normalcy, although we are not in a normal time. Um, it is important that we call upon all uh, professionals and, and, and more importantly, you know, making sure that we have a strong, you know, spiritual foundation uh, as well to guide us through this. Um, uh, I'm sure that you've been busy uh, in your field as well. So it is definitely, um, you know, important that we all try to have some sense of, of normalcy, but at the same time, um, adapt to the new normal.
0: Exactly. Yes. And with that being said, how do you plan for self-care in these crazy times and busy times, as I must say?
1: <laughs> well, I think, you know, for me, I'm a believer in self-care. Um, and so I'm also an avid uh, walker. I really do um, do a lot of walking. So for myself, um, I try to make sure that I set aside time to do those things that I love. I like to read, um, you know, I, I love fashion. And so I try to, you know, spend time, uh, looking at magazines and, you know, uh, looking at different, I look at YouTube fashion and, um, I follow, um, bloggers so I do some of those things and to really relax my mind uh, after you've dealt with you know a day full of sometimes death and you know numbers increasing around COVID you really do have to I know for me I have to disengage from the science sometimes and sometimes I just want to get into things that I really love so walking is very good for me to clear my mind I lead um, some walking groups locally and i'm also very involved in my sorority so i um lead something for our sorority that is around fitness and walking so that's very very important to me fitness and and really um uh, helping people in in their journey uh to you know feel better so those are things that i do for self-care and and like i said i love fashion so i can read a fashion magazine uh, i can look at something related to fashion Um, whether it's um, you know uh, a designer or just you know just a regular YouTuber uh, and that will really take my mind off of um, uh, you know what's going on or what um, the day has brought so I do that and I I love to um, read inspirational things so uh, but I do have ways that I do self-care and and for me self-care is important on my off days I try not to Uh, work that's very difficult because meetings are still scheduled whether you're in the office or not and sometimes if it's a a meeting downtown like with the mayor or with other uh, officials then I have to be there regardless of whether it's my off day or my off time but I try to set aside some time for me to uh, take a walk to you know go and do some things that I like to do even in a COVID environment try to do it in a safe way.
0: Wow. those are definitely some great self-care methods. Um, I love watching you from a distance, even if we don't get a chance to connect with all the COVID and all the social distancing, I can always click on your social media and say, hey, I can see she's going to be rocking this cute little outfit, you know? (laughs) So yes, that is Mm -hmm. always inspiring. And then when I see you walking and exercising, I'm like, okay, time to put the cookies down. Time to put the laptop down. Let me get this uh, waist trainer on, okay? (laughs) Yeah,
1: you and me both, I think COVID, COVID, I always tease people and say, okay, there's a COVID-19 and then there's a COVID-19, like 19 pounds that I think we've all managed to gain somewhere because we're just not able to do our normal things. And so what I try to do is I tell people, I know it's very, very stressful. Um, Many people are still working. Um, God bless. Some people have lost their jobs, so they're not necessarily working outside of the home. But wherever you are. I always say that you can take a two minute walk. And if you're stressed out, if you are, you know, at work, you do get breaks. I mean, the labor law says that you're supposed to get a break and just take a two minute break and do a two minute walk. It will do wonders for you. And if you can put together, you know, 10 two minute walks, um, you know, 15 two minute walks every day, you will get your 30 minutes, which is going to add up to your 150 minutes of recommended exercise for the week. So it's just about kind of finding the space for you to um, get that little walking time in and then being intentional. I always tell people to, you know, put it on your schedule, just like you have other meetings scheduled, put, take a walk on your calendar or whatever you use, whether it's the calendar in your phone or whatnot. And uh, when it, when that, uh, and set an alert and when it alerts, get up and go take you a walk, whether that's in your house or, you know, somewhere you can, you know, you can go around your your uh, work location. So I'm a big believer that walking, uh, it does many things for us.
0: Well, there you have it, listeners. There's no excuses. Get those walks in. I myself uh, definitely have started now that I have a new little puppy. So he's been getting me out of the house more on my days off to kind of walk around. And so I'm like, okay, this is definitely a a way to clear your mind. And, you know, you can, uh, whether you're doing it with your spouse, with the kids, it's just a fun way to kind of get out, relax. And like you said, you know, and get that exercise in as well.
1: Absolutely. 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 Dogs definitely keep you busy.
0: (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Now we're going to just kind of chime on in to the business side. Um, Now, as I discuss business, your bio speaks for itself. Um, Again, I am very inspired um, when I can um, connect with women who have grown um, and and just show that um, very mature and educated side, and also just being able to call myself um a close friend or family member. It is so good to to be able to just have mentors even if you're not able to sit down on a consistent daily basis, but to be able to grow and learn when you do get a chance to connect is always inspiring to myself. Um so when we speak about business um with the pandemic going on and you're in the healthcare field, um what would be some some things that you would uh can tell the listeners in reference to the COVID vaccine? I know there's been a lot of talk about it, um, especially with minorities who some have been afraid to kind of step out and take those vaccines. Um, What would be your recommendations?
1: Well, absolutely. And so I, I'm definitely speaking as a trained public health practitioner. I've been in the public health field for over 25 years. I have a doctorate in public health and a master's in public health. So of course, I'm going to speak from from what I know professionally as a scientist and a person who does this. Of course, I recommend that people take the COVID vaccine. Now, of course, people have their own free will, um, um, and people are going to do what they want to do. But as a scientist and as a person that is a public health trained practitioner, um, we have been blessed to have immunizations and vaccines uh, uh, available to us for many years. If it were not for things like the measles vaccine, we would still be getting measles. Uh, if we didn't have chickenpox, pox, uh, you name it, uh, we would we would still get all of these infectious and communicable diseases if we did not have those vaccines. And so COVID uh, is one of those uh, viruses that uh, there's a vaccine for it. And now we have uh, just recently released three vaccines that are available to us for COVID. So um, I have had both of my COVID vaccines. I've had, I got the Moderna, which is one of the types where you take uh, two doses, uh, but there's also Pfizer, which is two dose. And then just recently last week, Johnson and Johnson, got a th- authorization for their single dose. And so um, I don't have a preference. I think you should get whatever vaccine is available to you. So when it's your turn, you take whichever one um, that is available to you. I know that there is hesitancy in um, you know some communities around vaccination. However, I, let me say that everything that I have seen, read, heard, and I've been on numerous calls, about vaccine uh, and in numerous meetings, including meetings where Dr. Fauci was in the meeting. Uh, And so I trust the scientists, I trust science and I trust my colleagues. And so um, I think that um, when, when, if you choose to get the vaccine make sure you follow through with getting if you need to get two doses. Um, and what it's going to do is just like the flu vaccine provides you with any protection, uh, for example, uh, reduces your chance and the likelihood of you acquiring the COVID, vac- uh, the COVID virus. And um, and if you were to uh, uh, get the virus, then the outcome would not be some of the outcomes that unfortunately we've seen with over, you know, half a million people dying uh, in this country. So. Um, I'm a proponent of the vaccine and I'm a proponent, proponent of vaccination period, uh, whether it's for your children um, to get vaccines, because I've seen what happens when children are not vaccinated and when they are not immunized. It's not pretty. Uh, and um, it's unfortunate because uh, many diseases are what we call vaccine preventable. And so um, that's how I feel about the COVID vaccine. Like I said, I've had both of my, um, doses. Uh, and that's been, um, over well over a month ago. Uh, and I'm considered myself fully, uh, uh, vaccinated. Uh, and I would recommend, um, that you get the vaccine if you're eligible for the vaccine.
0: Well, there you have it listeners. You know, it's always, Great to educate ourselves. Knowledge is power, um, you know, with social media, with um, so much that we see on television. You know, it's a lot of people have different concerns and questions, but it's just important to educate ourselves. And so I'm always happy to speak with expertise in that area that can chime in and let us know some specifics of exactly, um, you know, what's going on around us. And with the pandemic still being here, Um, And it's important to understand, you know, the importance of taking um, the COVID vaccine, or even if you were considering it, just getting more information on that. So I thank you for that.
1: May I add one other thing? One thing that I want communities to know and listeners to know is that make your own decision. Don't allow a family member or someone else, you know, to influence you. Because oftentimes what I find is that people will uh, project their fears onto other people and so um, just because maybe a member of your family doesn't choose to get it but if you decide to get it I'm just encouraging people to make their own decisions versus allowing someone to project fears because oftentimes when people are fearful they will project their fear onto you um, you know to kind of so that you are in kind of in collaboration and in concert with them and then you don't get it because they are afraid, not because you are afraid. And so this is one of those opportunities where people just could need to make their own decisions.
0: Exactly, yes. Thank you for that, and and like you said, It's one of those things you just got, you have to step out and sometimes step away from everything around you. Um, Rather, you go over to your spiritual side to make that decision and just go ahead and do what you have to do for yourself, whatever you feel is going to be the best thing for yourself. So definitely thank you for that. And if you could now, as we're speaking on health um, and wellness, um, with your expertise as well um, in, um, you know, working with. Diabetes and being able to speak on that. Um, What would be some of the signs or symptoms that you can um, just kind of tell the listeners as far as um, knowing or prepping themselves um, to be able to, um, you know, stay healthy and stay well um, and not You know, we have a lot when we look at the the minorities and in a lot of families, um, whether it's Hispanic or African-American, the numbers are high when it comes to diabetes. So what would be some of the things you can recommend uh, for them to stay healthy or for them to make sure they're getting the checkups that they need uh, prior to becoming a diabetic?
1: Oh, that's a wonderful question. And thank you so much, because, you know, I am a diabetes um, person. person that just loves to talk about diabetes because diabetes unfortunately is what I call the disease du jour. It's the disease of the day. Uh, it's probably the most common chronic disease that people are, um, you know, affected by right now. And some of those things that people, I would want your listeners to uh, begin to think about are number one, their family history. Um, number two, um, at every aspect or age in your life, even as a youth, a young adult, you need to start to think about making sure you can prevent diabetes Um, And so that even if your family history, there's a diabetic, that doesn't mean that you have to go on to become a diabetic. And even if you do develop diabetes, you can delay the onset of diabetes and you can make sure that your diabetes is not as severe as maybe grandmother or great grandmother, you know, um, so you can control that even at a young age. Now, we do know there are two types of diabetes. There's type one, we're not talking about that one because that's the type of diabetes that we call juvenile diabetes where the onset usually happens, maybe in elementary, middle school, high school, uh, that is a type of diabetes you cannot prevent. And it has to do with the fact that your body does not make insulin at all. So that's more medical, physiological, nothing you can really do about that. You can treat it and you can manage that uh, in your lifetime. We're talking about tonight type two diabetes, which what we is what we call the um, lifestyle diabetes. We Usually uh, type 2 diabetes uh, comes about or develops because of some lifestyle. So either the person is overweight or obese, uh, they have a poor diet, they have uh, improper uh, physical activity or no exercise, uh, and other things that may contribute to them developing type 2 diabetes. So early on, you want to make sure that you keep a healthy weight. You want to manage your weight as a teenager and as Um, someone that is a youth or young adolescent. So keeping a healthy weight and remaining active um, will help you reduce your risk of becoming a diabetic or becoming pre-diabetic. As you get older, you need to also make sure that you're having those um, physical exams. So when you are an adult woman or an adult man and you go to your doctor, you should be going to see your doctor annually. I cannot stress this enough. Even if there's nothing wrong with you, you need to still have a well woman's exam uh, and an annual physical as an adult male and as an adult female. Oftentimes that's when we can find those things out because we can do lab, you can have a conversation with your clinician and tell them things that you may be experiencing um, and they can check you for them so that they can Uh, Get what we call an early diagnosis to make sure that if you are having an elevated A1C, which is the blood value that we test that allows us to know whether or not a person is a a diabetic, when you get that, and you can only get that done by a clinician, um, uh, that's not a finger stick. A finger stick is is just simply simple glucose check. We're talking about where they draw blood out of your vein and they do an A1C Um, and they send it to the lab and it tells us what your level is over the course of three months. And you can't cheat it either because it's going to read your blood level over a trend. And it's going to tell you for three months, what your glucose levels have been and how really, how your pancreas has been functioning. So you can only get that by going to get your exam. So getting in there, getting those exams, uh, with your doctor, um, make sure you get that physical exam. And then once you get the physical exam, um, you should act on whatever they tell you. So if they tell you you are pre-diabetic, that's your first warning right there. They're telling you, okay, your numbers are trending high. You're in the pre-diabetic range. If you don't do some adjustments in your lifestyle, like how you eat, how you exercise, you're going to probably become a diabetic because you got to make some changes and some adjustments. So when you get that, that note from your doctor or you get that that um, those results and it says, okay, you're pre-diabetic. If they say, okay, you're great, you don't have diabetes, then you just continue to do what you're doing to maintain um, those good numbers. And so I think those are things that um, any man or woman can do right now today. Now, for someone who may be already having some signs and symptoms of diabetes, meaning you're having things like um, thirst um, you're having um, frequency of urination, meaning you're going to, to the restroom a lot, like to the bathroom a lot, especially at night. Um, you may be experiencing dizziness, tingling in your hands and your feet. Some of the other things that uh, you may be losing weight and you're not, not trying to, but you're losing weight and you don't know what, why that's happening. Those are could all be symptoms of diabetes. So Uh, you would probably want to make sure you let your doctor or your clinical provider know, hey, I'm losing weight and I'm not really trying to lose weight. I need to come in and see you. Or I'm thirsty all of the time and there's no reason that I should be this thirsty. Or I keep getting up and go to the bathroom all the time during the night. Um, You know, I need to probably be checked. And if you're having tingling in your feet, in your hands, and it's not related to something else, those are definite signs that uh, there may be some nerve damage, and and you really need to get in and see you know see someone if you're having those types of signs and you know, those types of um, uh, symptoms. Wow, was- so I can go on and on about diabetes because this is just something that so many people. Um, I think I did a um, a talk a lecture on last Saturday, and I shared with them that there are probably 80 million people. Um, that are pre-diabetic and they don't even know that they're diabetics and they're walking around as pre-diabetics and they have no idea that they are.
0: And I can see that definitely being so true. Wow, those were just some very informative tips um, just in that short time. Um, You know, listeners, there you have it. Um, Some of those signs and symptoms that, you know, you may overlook and and there you, you you know, you've been concerned or you haven't been and had your yearly exam. Um, So that's the information that A lot of people sometimes overlook and you know, sometimes we are the signs and symptoms we're like oh wow I think I have been having experience in that. so like you said it's important. Hey listeners get those yearly exams um, and listen to those physicians that's what they're there for so thank you for sharing all of that information with us. And if you can, now, do you happen to have, you may or may not, um, a direct website um, where they can also get more information about diabetes, whether it's here in um, Houston or if it's just a general website?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, one that I think is, no matter where you're listening, if you're listening anywhere in the U.S., you can go to the uh, American Diabetes Association and their website, I believe it's diabetes.org. So if you cannot find it at that um, address, just Google American Diabetes Association, ADA. um, And they are the premier um, national diabetes organization and they they have a wealth of information. You just plug in, it'll ask you, what do you want to know? What do you need to do? Are you newly diagnosed? And so it'll be a great resource to you. So I think it's diabetes.org or just simply Google American Diabetes Association. Um, and it'll open up a whole new world to you. Uh, If you're local, if you're in Houston, Texas, of course, we at the city of Houston have a wonderful um, free center called the Dawn Center, and it's D-A-W-N. It's an acronym. It stands for uh, the Diabetes Awareness and Wellness Network, Um, and it is a place that is uh, located in the Third Ward area, and anyone can go, but it's actually a diabetes wellness center So once you are diagnosed with diabetes or prediabetes, or even if you're a family member or a caregiver of someone who has diabetes, you can go to that center um, complimentary, meaning it's free, there's no charge. And we have uh, cooking classes, we have a gym, we have registered nurses, counselors. um, We have health educators there that can help you work with your diet, uh, help you figure out exercise. And all of this was of course, pre-COVID, so we've uh, shifted to some telemedicine and telehealth, telecoaching, but just simply um, uh, as a listener, you can Google the Dawn Center, uh, and you will be able to find uh, a lot of information at the Dawn Center if you're local here in uh, Houston as well.
0: Well, thank you for those resources. Um, listeners if you were um, needing information there you have it um, and even if it's not for yourself if it's for a family member a close friend just spread the word because sharing is caring and it's important um, that we as a community um, just learn to look out and um, you know kind of take care of each other you know as far as staying healthy it's very important um, because sometimes there's others who don't have those resources are able to obtain the resources. So um, there's that information. And if you're a listener, just spread it. And I would definitely appreciate that. And as I continue to dig deeper into your personal career, um, I do have a question now. As far as your career, which you have grown tremendously throughout your career, can you tell us a time where you hit a roadblock, a major roadblock in your life?
1: Hmm, wow. That's hard because I won't say that I've never had a roadblock, but I think that um, I will say that what I've tried to do if I hit a, uh, a block or some type of uh, barrier that I tried to turn it and flip it into um, something that was not you know a barrier you know to make it work for me and so if you if you mean career wise um, my career I, I have really been blessed to say that you know i've been able to um to do what i needed to do i will say that um, there was a time when i was a uh, faculty at the university of houston and I was there. I won't necessarily say that it was a roadblock, but I will say that um, when I was getting my doctorate, I actually thought, "Oh, I really want to go and be a professor uh, full time." Because I was actually in the health department at that time. And when I actually got the dream job, when I, um, which I thought was my dream at that time, as I was, you know, you know, younger, I did that, and I was there for a, 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 you know, about seven years. And I just found that I was kind of bored just doing research at that time. I think it was because where I was in my career, I was still hungry to do public health and I really needed to touch people, do practitioner work and be in the community. So I wasn't as fulfilled as I thought I was uh, or thought I would be as a college professor only. And so, although I was kind of dipping my toe into doing some consulting, and I loved that, but it was not it was not fulfilling, and so I was longing for um, being back in public health, directly um, working with people in the community, and so I needed that um, to to really fulfill me, and I was just kind of drudging along, and so I actually made the decision to leave the university and go back into a health department. Um, to, um, uh, you know, really be able to work with people. And that was around 2007. And I've been back in the health department um, now on 14 years. Um, And, uh, but what's so funny is the way that things turn around is because as I get close to retirement uh, and I'm very close to retirement um, from or eligible, I long now to go and be in a more relaxed environment in, um, a, uh, in a university. So it's just amazing how things can happen and you think you want something. And then when you get it, you feel like, nope, this wasn't it. So um, I think the great thing that uh, what I love about life and about career, as long as God keeps you here, you have an opportunity to start over. You have an opportunity to, to do something else. And so I would say that's how I've tried to handle Um, uh, professional roadblocks or whether I've made a decision and, and, and not necessarily regretted the decision, but I would say it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, Personally, I would say probably my biggest roadblock um, has been, um, uh, or at least it could have been when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017. And while I was not I won't say I was surprised because I know what I know as a um, practitioner. I know that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. So I wasn't surprised. Um, I was, of course, shocked, but I was not. Um, I didn't ask why me. I tried to just take that and really um, um, overcome it, you know, really use it as a, a, a learning opportunity to say, what is God, uh teaching me, showing me, and what is what, what am I supposed to uh, gain and learn from this? And how am I supposed to use this to help others? And so that's what I tried to do. So that, uh, again, was something that, of course, I didn't expect it, um, but I tried to um, make sure that I was more than a survivor, that I would thrive through it, and then use what I could to help other women um, Uh, coming behind me. And so that's what I'm continuing to do. Uh, I made my three-year survival on February um, the 10th of this year. And so I'm continuing to survive
0: and thrive. Congratulations. And what a blessing to hear um, your journey with breast cancer. Um, By God's grace, we are so thankful to have you here, your beautiful personality. And, you know, we have to get that fashion in there. So I love it. (laughs) Uh, you just you know you do you have you have just definitely thrived and um, you have definitely um, made any type of um, any type of adversities that you may have experienced rather um, like you said it was career wise or personal and you make everything just look awesome so with God's grace we appreciate that um, I'm sure family friends as well as co-workers so um, my blessings are with you and I'm grateful that you know God has spared you yes ma'am
1: absolutely absolutely and I will say this that um, I think no matter what and how people look on the out- outside, everybody is going through or has gone through something. It's just, I think for me, it's how you choose to approach it or, and and also the blessings that you, for me, I tried to focus on the, um, the healer and not the illness itself. And that really was helpful to me. And one of my good uh, friends, um, former uh, we were on the uh, usher board together at our at a pre, at my older church that I used to belong to years ago. And she just you know that was the word that she gave me and she's like focus on the healer and not the the illness. And that stuck with me and I've, and I've shared that with every woman that I've had an opportunity to kind of you know counsel and and share my story with is uh, you know focus on the, the healer and you're healing, and not on the disease itself, and that was helpful to me, and then I also, because I do love fashion, and I do love the Lord, um, I just mixed those two together, and I just said, okay, um, I got to have something for myself, and I refuse to let cancer take away, you know, certain things from me, because cancer took a lot, Uh, and whether or not it looks like it on the outside, you know, that's just because I'm able to kind of you know, put myself together because that's who I was before cancer and I wasn't going to change that, but it does, you know, it, it takes things from you physically. And so, um, you have to have something. And that was my thing that I, that was, um, besides my spiritual foundation, I had to have something else to, um, you know, spend my time on, I guess, and really allow me to remain who I am while I was losing, you know, some of my things physically, that was helpful to me to be able to say, you know, I still can I can rock this and I can I can still enjoy some of the things that um uh, that I normally would enjoy. And so I refuse to allow that to be, you know, to be something that I lost.
0: Wow. What a positive uh outlook and on life. And that is one of the ways that, you know, you are able to get through adversities when you have such a positive outlook, um, along with um, you know, your spirituality and, and whether it's close family or friends there to help you get through it Um, it does it makes a difference and I always say beauty is um, from within so anytime you have that inner beauty it just reflects on the outside so we are glad to hear you see you and know that you are thriving
1: (laughs) yes thank you
0: Now, if I could ask you, this question is something I do ask all of my listeners and they're like, "Mm, okay, you kind of (laughs) shocked me with this one, but I'm going to put you, get you to put your thinking cap on for a minute. (laughs) If you could think back, what would you tell your younger self? One thing you would tell your younger self?
1: Wow. Yeah, this is the shocking one, but I will, I will, I thought about this before. I, I would, I would tell myself to have more fun. Although I had a lot of fun, but I would tell myself to be focused, but to have a little bit more fun and that um, uh, you could kind of exhale a little bit because I was, you know, very straight, narrow, kind of focused, focused. So I would tell myself that it's going to be okay um, and you can have a little, you know, a little more fun and still achieve your goals. Um, So I would say for me, I, I know I can't speak for anybody else, but I would say I was very Uh, and I still am in a lot of ways, very regimented. uh, And so, which served me well uh, to become, you know, accomplished in my field, but I think I could have had a little bit more fun. I was very um, calculated in my um, professional uh, and my personal, actually, life in terms, and when I say calculated, I mean strategic. I was very, okay, this has to be done by this time this has to be done by that time, this is what I'm going to do, I'm not going to look left or right, I'm just gonna look straight ahead. And I think my younger self, I would say to that person, um, it's okay to have a little more fun. Uh, And I would also say, it's okay to take more risk. Because even the risks that I feel like I did take, they were strategic, they were very calculated. They were never, I'm just gonna, you know, Jump off the mountain with a, you know, um, a kite, uh, you know, tied to the back or some type of parasail, and I'm gonna sail and sail and wherever I land, it will be okay. No, that was not my life. My, <laughs> my life was very, um, you know, my life was very strategic and, um, you know, uh, so that's what I would tell my younger self. Have more fun. Take more risk
0: wow, that's a great one. Yes, because a lot of times we do look back and, you know, we've planned things out to a certain degree. And even though life kind of gives us uh, turns and ups and downs, um, but sometimes you just forget to breathe and enjoy the moment and just, you know, really, really focus on, okay, let me go ahead and enjoy this day. You know, let me go ahead and not say risk at all, but just sit back where you can say, oof, you know what? I actually enjoyed that moment. I can look back and say, this was a very enjoyable moment. So yes, I definitely understand that one.
1: Absolutely. That's what I would, I would definitely say that. And I think, you know, because with risk taking, you know, no risk, no reward, you hear people say that. And that's so true um, because, you I think when we when we fail to step out there sometimes we are limiting God in us because we don't go out there and so while we think okay I'm playing it safe I think I'm doing what God would want me to do but sometimes he does want you to take a risk and if you don't take that risk out of fear um comfort because sometimes it's not even out of fear sometimes you just are comfortable and you don't want to be bothered you're like okay I'm good I'm making this amount of money. I'm doing this. And then you really limited yourself by not taking that risk. And you could be having, you know, greater career success or, you know, something like that had you taken the risk. But because you got comfortable, you didn't take the risk. So I definitely would have
0: taken more risk uh, and I had a lot of fun, but I think I could have had more fun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's amazing that you say that, Um, you know, um, I was just actually speaking to a coworker and we were just saying how, you know, you should never be afraid to start over. And something my dad has always told me is keep moving faith forward. You know, it's always faith over fear. So if you have that faith, go ahead and just step out there and what God has for you will always be for you regardless. Absolutely. Yes. So I definitely appreciate that one. Now, if we could um, go into something that you have read or listened to lately that has inspired you, can you tell the listeners?
1: Absolutely. So I will say that um, one thing that I'm reading, I just have it right here with me, and that is Cicely Tyson's autobiography, Just As I Am. Um, I'm still, I'm not finished all the way with it, but it is such a great read, and you would be surprised as we talk about risk-taking and about um, um, you know having fun. When you read her um, autobiography, you will find a lot out about her that most people um, don't probably know unless you are very close to her. Uh, and you will be surprised because I think the public image that she um Um, that maybe the perception, I won't say public image, because I think she was probably, um, you know, people, uh, other people make their judgments about you, whether you say something or not. So I don't think she kept anything a secret. I just think that people had a certain perception of who she was. And she was everything, you know, that we thought she was, but she was so much more. And so I would say one thing that I can say that I'm reading right now, and that is the, the uh, autobiography of Cicely Tyson, just as I am. So I recommend that you pick up the, uh, I'm, I'm a hardback when it comes to autobiography. So like for Michelle Obama becoming, I have her hard uh, cover book. So I still believe in buying hardcover books for certain things. And then other things I just put on my, um, you know, my Apple uh, product. I can just read it on my bookshelf electronically, but certain biographies president obama's you know i i kept i i collect those you know more for historical measure
0: exactly and that is one i was definitely interested in picking up um, you should
1: definitely read that one yeah you should definitely read that one i was so shocked about things that um you know you just don't know about her and it just as i think you you mentioned when we were first coming into the talk tonight there are no perfect people
0: Exactly. I've heard some great things about that. So I will definitely add that to my list of books because I have definitely, I've made that a thing, especially with the pandemic and things slowing down. I've had a chance to still do more audio than physical uh, books, but I'm getting to the point where I like to just go in and read a good book, curl up and really get into that. So I'm glad to hear about that, especially a good autobiography. So I will definitely add that to my list. Thank you for confirming that for me.
1: (laughs) And Viola Davis actually wrote the forward. So it's one of those worth picking up. And just the artwork on it is so beautiful. You know, you just got to have that in your collection. That's something you have in your office. And, you know, that's just, that's something that you want to have in your collection. So I rec- recommend picking that one up.
0: Well, there you have it, listeners. There's another one to add to your collection if you were thinking about it. Um, I know I definitely was myself. So, hey, we definitely have to check that out. Well, thank you for um, sharing that with us. And as we begin to wrap things up, um, as far as the Classy Lab podcast, um, the podcast was based and um, started off of, um, it was a branch from my business, Classy Fashion Cosmetics, and just enjoying beauty in general, whether it's inner or outer beauty, I believe in all things natural, um, inner and outer beauty. So if you could tell the listeners one beauty tip, either inner or outer.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, One beauty tip, inner or outer. Um, I think uh, inner would be one that, how you feel about yourself reflects on the outside. Um, And so I think uh, taking care of that inner beauty is uh, and the inner you is so important because it reflects on the outside um, and it will radiate. And I know, you know, we talked about sometimes people can put up a good front but in terms of their outer beauty but I think that if you truly have um, your life is together then it'll be more than a facade. And so I always tell people seek to look, not only look good on the outside, but be good on the inside. So have everything truly together. And if that's not truly together, it's not going to matter how you look on the outside, because when you have to look at yourself in the mirror, uh, then you know, you know, you cannot fool yourself. You can, of course, fool God. So looking, uh, having that inner Uh, peace, that inner satisfaction is really what makes you beautiful. So if that means serving others or whatever is what really makes you feel the most beautiful, once that is together on the inside, um, then it will, it, it can't help but to reflect on the outside. So you'll have a glow. Um, it'll just be better, you know, uh, on the outside. So I'm a believer in not having, um, just a facade, and you can look good, but your but your life is in the shambles on the inside. No, um, take care of that inside first, and then the rest will you know will come along. But yeah, I go for in inner beauty and the inside being together way before um, you know how someone looks on the outside, because oftentimes that can be uh, a facade.
0: That is a very well said. Um, as throughout my life, as I've grown, had ups and downs, Um, you know, you can have the beauty on the outside, but when you wipe all of that off and you have to look yourself in the mirror, it's, you know, it's important to be happy with yourself, truly happy. And as I grow and I, as I evolve, I'm so grateful at the woman that I'm becoming, but also being able to be true to who I am. Um, And it's just one of those things that, you know, I always tell myself, I, I just love hard. I love people around me. And sometimes I'll be like, why? But you know what? I have to realize this is who I am. I'm true to myself, but I have learned to set boundaries now. <laughs> that was one of my things that I struggle with, but I have truly definitely now learned how to set those boundaries, but to still at the end of the day, come back and self-reflect and be able to be true to myself. So that is a great one.
1: You can definitely not ever fool yourself. And I don't care... Um, you know what kind of uh, um, facade or some type of image we put forth outside. when you get home and it's the four walls and you, you will have to sit with yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people, um, not all people, but sometimes women will struggle with their mental health because the outside personality is not matching the inside personality. And so when you leave and you go out to the world, we present one thing but then, we're not, and it's not a negative. I'm just saying that we are not working on ourselves internally sometimes. And so um, then we're not well, you know, we're not, we're not really at our best. Um, we're not at our best because we're not taking care of ourself uh, on the inside. And so um, there's nothing like coming home and just kind of having to, you know, hear your own thoughts and know that your life, whether that is in a relationship or your profession, if you hate your job, you know, you are not a, um, I hate to say it like this, but I often tell my, my staff sometimes, you are not a slave here. This is not a, This is not a plantation. If you don't like something, you've got to change that. And you have the power to change it. You may not be able to change it at that very moment but then you have to develop a plan to say, okay, I hate this job. I'm like, I got to get out of here. And you've got to develop a plan to get out of there because no one is holding you you know, hostage uh, except yourself. And so you have to create that. So I'm a big believer in you know, creating the life you want to have because you can do that. Um, uh, but it, it starts with living in your authentic self and in, in authenticity, be who you are. And even if you're like you said, If you're a great person and you love hard, continue to be you. You can't control other people, but what you can do is you can control. You can control uh, what you do by setting boundaries. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, when you've given and given and given and then, you know, you have to move on. There's always other people to give to.
0: Wow, that's very powerful. Yes. And I thank you for that one. Um, there you have it listeners I mean we have to learn um you know beauty is just it starts from within um and as you spoke about leadership and that that is something that is so true because you find people that they get into um the some of the the jobs and it just becomes um something that is just um something they have to do. It's, it's just, I'm just here just to be here. I'm not happy. It makes them um, miserable personality wise, attitude wise. And I always say your attitude definitely determines your altitude and it's, it it can get to the point where you're somewhere and you're just very unhappy and it makes you unhappy in all aspects of your life. So I, I definitely appreciate you expressing that, that you can definitely learn to Be able to say, I can change this. I'm the person that can change this, whether it's now or later, but it can be done. Don't be afraid to do that. Absolutely. I believe
1: that. I'm a firm believer of that. And even though I have had uh, leaders and I've had what I would call supervisors or you know, whatever throughout my career, I honestly was thinking to myself today, I really have never worked for anyone because I always feel like I'm the boss. If that makes sense, <laughs> I, it does you know, like, you know, you have a physical supervisor on paper, but really God is my supervisor. So I kind of think of like every job that I've ever had, I've been in charge, even though I know that I wasn't, but I felt like I was really in charge. I hope that makes sense. Like I've always, I felt like I've always worked for myself. So I've been working for myself because I'm in control of whether or not I go or stay.
0: Exactly. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that
1: does that make sense to you? What I'm saying?
0: Oh, it definitely does. I <laughs> I, I experience it every day. So I definitely I <laughs> I don't work for these day. people.
1: I'm like I don't work for these people. <laughs> yes. Like I, don't, I work for myself, you know, I really am an entrepreneur, even though I've been in public health and, you know, you can do that. But in my mind, I'm like, even at a university, you know, as a professor, you determine your you, you, you do have a hierarchy of leadership in the university. But at the end of the day, I teach. I do this, I do that and so I'm basically working for myself. And so I think that has helped me throughout this these years to be able to say I am in charge, I am in control. Now that's not going to I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not I'm going to do what works within my system that I or the organization that I'm working in and when I can no longer do that, then I know it's time for me to move on.
0: Exactly. And, you know, through this pandemic and uh, even through the the snowstorm that we just experienced, the winter storm rather, um, it it really just, you know, opened eyes to a lot of people um, that were able to see as far as when it came to being employed, you got to see where leadership really stood as far as, okay, is this job something I'm going to continue to lose myself in or am I going to continue to grow? Um, and thrive so yeah definitely I understand where you're coming from
1: yes I think if more people had that were empowered like that then it wouldn't make the drudgery you would know that okay wherever you are you're there for a reason and for a purpose and um then you can find that strength to say okay i'm here because this pays my bills i have bills to pay i have to do this or i'm in school or whatever the situation is but at the end of the day i have the power and i have the dominion and the authority to change that so here's my plan i'm going to work this plan and then i'm moving on to the next um you know to the next opportunity and i'm a firm believer also uh, especially as a woman and anybody never have one stream of income
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that's something else that, that COVID has taught us. You know, yes. there has been a lot of entrepreneurs that have come out of this, which it was always, I'm sure, deeply rooted in them, but absolutely. it was just that push that that was needed. And sometimes God speaks in a different way. So we just have to listen. And I, I definitely understand that, you know, when that entrepreneurship is deep down in you, I'm like you, I, I'm here, but um, you're just <laughs> not gonna be my complete boss, but I'm here. Right. I'm going to be respectful with it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely get where you're coming from. I
1: love it. I love it. I'm like, I'm really, I don't really work for you, but keep talking. I'm. You're talking and I'm going, wow, wow, wow. I'm like the Charlie <laughs> Brown lady <laughs> because You know, I got other stuff going on, but, you know, and I think I've been blessed. I really do have to thank God. You know, I thank the Lord that I have been blessed to find my calling and my purpose very early. I knew that public health was where I was supposed to be uh, in helping people change their lives to be healthier, to be better Um, as far as, um, you know, it comes easily to me. And so I knew that early on, but I've been able to, what I didn't know was that I could manifest it in so many different ways. And that is what I'm continuously learning every day is that the gift that I have, um, of course, I know that it will make room for me, but the but that is so, that um, scripture is so, we don't even explore the fullness of it because I know that I can manifest what I'm gifted to do in so many ways. And I think that's what the latter part of my career has taught me because I have been able to travel the globe and become a global public health expert. And those are things that I did not see for myself when I was young because I just didn't know that it was possible. But now I'm, I'm realizing and I'm experiencing and manifesting all of the ways that I can use my gift even beyond what I could have even, have even envisioned and dreamed for myself, because I didn't even know that they were, um, they were opportunities, you know, in that, in that regard. You know, you think if you're gonna be a nurse, you're gonna just, you know, do this, or if you're going to do that, but you don't understand or you don't know when you're early in your clear career, unless you're exposed to it, that people will have you come all across the world because health is something that is, it's global, it's universal.
0: Absolutely. That so,
1: is, yeah. yeah, those things have manifested for me in the last um, 10 years of my career and I'm grateful for it and it just doesn't stop. I actually got a request today uh, for something um, that was supposed to be virtual uh, in 2020, but due to COVID, um, I mean, it was supposed to be something that was face to face, but they, they kept my name and they say, we still want you to do it. We've changed the date and it's gonna be virtual, but we're gonna tape you. Uh, and it will go, you know, it'll be um, international. So um, just keep manifesting. That's what I say. Just keep allowing things to manifest um, bigger bigger in you than you can even think about.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. Yes, because, um, you know, when you think and you you meditate and you have your um, time to yourself um, and, and you really start to think and you write those goals down it is amazing what God can do. And to know, um, I've even looked at some people that I've gotten a chance to network um, throughout the pandemic with how their gifts have definitely made room for them and how they're so talented. And all this time you've been holding on to that talent. You know, um, it's its amazing. And like you said, just manifesting and believing. And um, that's just the way to keep thriving. And I, myself, I take it, I said, there is no avenue. And I make sure I'm an example for Naya, my daughter, and just letting her know, you know, hey, there is nothing too big. If you believe it, you can achieve it. If you pray about it, manifest about it, it will happen. So if that's what God has for you, it can definitely, um, you know, be something that's in your future. Yes. So thank you for that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So as we wrap it up and I have enjoyed you so much, um, I could go on and on. You have been so informative. Um, I'm sure the listeners are going to totally enjoy this episode, um, just from being able to, um, you know, really get the information that's necessary health-wise, and then also being able to just be real and relaxed, and that's the setting and the environment that I have here at the Classy Lab Podcast, where we as women, um, and do I do have men on here from time to time as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But as we can just get on here and, you know, just be real and have real life conversations. It's very important um, in this era that we're in, you know, where people can have a safe zone and sometimes just be able to say, you know what, like you said, people have a certain perspective of certain people. And then you can really just break down um, someone and get to know them on a deeper level. So I appreciate it. And I thank you for your time, but I can't let you go without playing our game that I have all of my... um, (laughs) guest play is very short okay Uh, and it's called either or um what i'll do is i will call out uh, a category or a specific thing and you'll let me know if that's your favorite or you're just in between and indecisive so you'll just say either or (laughs) okay all righty and so let's see we will start with the category of um let's see here we will start with food category my favorite
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> always start there so we're going to start with the food category would you prefer prefer rather a barbecue or seafood and when I say seafood maybe fish anything that kind of falls in that seafood category barbecue all righty one of my favorites matter of fact I can use it good- <laughs> A sandwich from Triple J's right now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That is one of our spots.
0: Yes. For all those that are here in Houston. Yes. Um, Yes. And so the next one would be, since you do like to exercise and get your walking in, when you're walking, do you prefer music or podcast? Music. All right. That's a good one. Um, And then um, Apple or Android?
1: Apple, of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. All righty. And last um, but not least, um, if you had to choose a date night, um, would you choose Netflix and chill or a night out on the town?
1: Oh, wow. I say either or. Either or because I like the idea of Netflix. Uh, with my husband you know and just relaxing but I also love to dress up and I like fancy stuff so I would say um either either or either or I like both
0: all righty well thank you so much for participating (laughs) in that that was so fun and it gives the the listeners a chance to just get to know you and I love it's always like oh wait a minute let me think let me think (laughs) Yes, but before we wrap up, can you tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social media platforms?
1: Absolutely. So on Facebook, I am Faith Foreman Hayes. Uh, you can find me there uh, on Instagram. I am Glam Doc um, and you can find me there. It's just like it sounds Glam DOC uh, on Instagram. and then on Twitter, um, which is really more of my professional um, platform, you can find me at Dr. Faith One. So at Dr. Faith one on Twitter, and that's where I post most of my public health um, information. And, and if you follow me there, you'll get a lot of uh, good science and public health work.
0: Well, there you have it, listeners. It has been a pleasure um, to have someone that is so near and dear to me. Dr. Faith Foreman Hayes to be a special guest tonight, um, especially with it being um, a very special month um, with the Women's History Month as well as International Women's Day and Social Work Month all wrapped up in one. So I thank you for taking time out to just allow us to get to know you on a deeper level. Um, Do you have anything you'd like to say before we end tonight?
1: I would, I don't know if it would be appropriate, but I wanted to say to you, I'm so proud of you um I told my mom about the podcast tonight and she just of course kept asking me all these questions I wanted to just say to you I'm so proud of you proud of you for this uh, platform that you're on uh all of the businesses and work that you're doing and even your program I know that for you I know that you will make a wonderful social worker so I'm just so proud of all the things that you are doing um things that that you know, people may not know about and things that everyone knows about, but just so proud of uh, the woman you are becoming and the mother that you are and the wife and just the fact that you are pursuing your goals and you're pursuing them in every avenue. And and if nothing, um, um, I think, take away from tonight, you know, with this being International Women's Day and Women's History Month and Social Work Month. I think you just continue to follow your dreams and just know that we are um, very proud of you.
0: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It is always a blessing and a pleasure to have mentors that I can look up to and that I can learn from every day. I say life is definitely the best teacher and it is so important when we can network and grow with um, people that are very experienced, you know, and, and have walked in certain areas and aspects of life that we're trying to get to. So I appreciate you. My blessings are with you and the family. Tell everyone I said hello. And again, thank you for Uh, actually being a special guest here on the classy lab podcast
1: thank you for having me
0: and you have a good night hey listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode please be sure to share and download the classy lab podcast we are on itunes spotify and anchor also please follow all of my social media outlets Classy Fashion Cosmetics on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube where we offer all natural inner and outer beauty products. Also for more detailed information on our products check out our website www.classyfashioncosmetics.com. For more weekly episodes stay tuned.